welcome to another episode of The Big Question presented by Friends of Film, a podcast taking an in-depth look at a specific movie-related question. On this episode, we'll discuss what Solo's box office means for Star Wars. As always, I'm your host, Cooper Hood, once again joined by a man who has seen Solo's Star Wars story three times, Josh Straley. Got better with the second viewing. It got... Oh, that was it. Third one was pretty much the same. So it peaked at two and then just peaked stays at there? Peaked at two, Yes. Because you you know the beats, and then you can sort of just like enjoy it all. Mm-hmm. Plus, I wasn't having to be critical of it, and I saw it in a different theater, this okay. the second two times. And I will say this: the one that you and I saw it at, we were robbed completely. Okay. Uh, the AMC Classic, as they're calling it, was yeah. terrible. Um, went to it at the Regal, a lot darker in the screening room for some reason. I don't okay. know why, but. Bradford's cinematography really came out. The hues, the Western vibe. That movie is so dark. I can't believe he got away with it. Yeah. Like, there's there's subtle shadows on people's faces and there's grays that I didn't catch the first time around or appreciate. Okay. Because I told told you after it was over, I'm like, wow, he kind kind of lost his voice on that. But no, it's there and it's good. And then I read a piece in the Chicago Tribune that solidified my position on it. <laughs> and I will now argue with anyone who says otherwise. It'll go down as the most stylish Star Wars movie. Wow. The most styled Star Wars movie. Best looking Star Wars movie? The most styled. Okay. <laughs> the most styled. Because best looking has a lot of more facets to it. I think. I think Last Jedi is my favorite. Yeah. It, look, I, it looks the best. It's it, got it, a lot of nice style to it. It's a, it's a, Last Jedi is immaculate, but it's style. Steve Yedlin doesn't have a whole lot of style. Okay. Okay. But I'll leave it there. Okay. okay. And hey, everyone, don't forget, you can get all of our latest updates um, from Friends and Film on Facebook and Twitter, at Friends and Film. And be sure to check out the rest of our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And if you can, on iTunes, leave us a review. It really helps. Yeah, and then be sure to head over to our website, friendsoffilm.wordpress.com, where you guys will find reviews from us, as we did. Uh, I did one this past week for Upgrade, the mm-hmm. new action movie from Blumhouse. Uh, Josh, the last one you did was Solo. Yes. Correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have more out in the coming weeks, obviously. But if you're on this feed, you're here for the big question this week, especially if you're tuning in today. And... As mentioned at the top of the show, we are talking about Solo's box office because, believe it or not, a Star Wars movie is not performing very well. It may be close to just bad. It's performing badly at the box office. Uh, Which brings us to the big question, what does Solo's box office mean for Star Wars? And I think before we can really get into this, Josh, we kind of need to go over what Mm -hmm. the state of the box office is. Yeah. So just to run through some numbers real quick. The movie opened to $84.4 million over the three-day part of Memorial Day weekend, but then for the full extended four-day weekend, it grossed $103 million, both which were well below the projections that this movie was getting beforehand. There was conservative estimates of 130 to 140, but then some estimates pointed to 150 to 170. Yeah. Um, so this is definitely well below that. Um, it is now eyeing roughly a 65% drop in its second weekend domestically. It may pull in less than $30 million over the three-day weekend here. Overseas, they aren't very interested in it. It's just over $100 million overseas. And for a worldwide total after 10 days of an estimated poll of $264.2 million. Ooh, It's the worst outing for a Star Wars movie since Revenge of the Sith. Yes. Which pulled in $108 million. Mm-hmm. Um, released in the same time period. Yep. Or the same spot on right, the calendar. Right, same Memorial Day weekend. So that is wild. Um, I did not see that coming. No. I really didn't. But it's it's uh, it's an interesting lanyard, or lantern, your you know, test case on how much money a Star Wars movie can make if just its fans go see the film. Yeah. That feels like the peak or not the peak, but that feels like the extent of the hardcore moviegoers. Yeah. In a lot of ways, but needless to say, uh, completely disappointing caught me by surprise. Luckily I didn't predict 
one billion opening weekend. <laughs> Thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> it's probably um, it's not even gonna come close to that by the end of its run. Or even a you know, a half of that, probably. I mean, you were calling for Jumanji like legs on this movie. I, I thought maybe it was gonna just sail through the summer, but we have a packed schedule coming up. Mm-hmm. Like you like you so obviously mentioned this pointed out to me on Twitter this week. <laughs> um we have Incredibles and got, Jurassic World. Yep. Plus Coming Oceans up. 8 this mm-hmm. next week. Then it's Incredibles 2. Then it's Jurassic World 2. Then it is I think kind of like an off or a week. It's like Sicario, I think. And then it's Ant-Man and the Wasp. And then it's a week or two later. It's Mission Impossible. And there's, yeah, it's got heavy competition for the rest of the summer. So if it's dropping this fast, this quickly, the legs on this movie are not going to be there. Not even close. Yeah, I mean it'll probably it'll it'll probably maybe lucky if it gets back to two hundred and fifty million domestically. Um, internationally, I mean, where's uh, it sitting at? Internationally, it's at one fifteen. Yeah. Domestically, it's at uh, just over one hundred fifty. So I think both <laughs> it'll be very lucky to get two fifty, which means this movie would be very lucky, I think, to get to five hundred million dollars worldwide, <sighs> which is astounding. I mean, I I could not have imagined a scenario a couple of weeks ago where we're talking about Solo, Star Wars story, opening less than $100 million over three days mm-hmm. and just over $100 million over four days, but then a worldwide total coming in under or just over $500 million. Yeah. Even though, yeah, like it's got a competition, but it was getting good reviews. It, the marketing picked up. It looked like pretty well. Even I was saying a couple weeks before, like, you know, I'm actually kind of getting excited for Solo. Mm-hmm. They, they've, it's worked. The delayed marketing approach, the kind of pushing away all of the problems that went on with this movie throughout production, they found a way, I think, to carve out some sort of positivity about this. And they're premiering it at Cannes, and it got good reactions at Cannes. Yeah. And then this happened. Right. So what went wrong? I, I I can't say I know for sure. I don't think anybody does. No. But um, as a Star Wars fan, I've been rationalizing it. I have theories. I have, you know, things to defend. My favorite franchise is Pride, I guess, in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. Or at least at least ask us to think about. Um, and first of all, the Memorial Day weekend box office is notoriously bad. Solo did... Nearly the second best on Thursday previews, mm-hmm. um, which was $13 million. Yeah. 13.8, I think. And the only thing that it got beat by was Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Yeah, the fourth one, which fourth has one. the Memorial Day record yeah. with uh, opening weekend of just over or just around $140 million mm-hmm. for four days. So $40 million. So it wasn't a high bar you know, to like take that one no. spot. It did, but still, uh, we <laughs> barely moved the needle. It didn't, <laughs> it didn't set an insurpassable record that you would no. think, oh, no, dropping a Star Wars movie right there will blow it away. Mm-hmm. And it, hadn't, it, hadn't, it didn't do that. And so part of me is saying, okay, it's its placement on Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. But also... It also followed some pretty heavy movies, heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. Um, Infinity War was, believe it or not, three weeks ago. Uh, it would have been for the its fourth week was Solo's first week. Yeah, so that was four weeks ago, and that pulled in what thirty million in the in Solo's weekend. Yeah, it was like tw- it was, I think, just under thirty. Yeah, which is Great. crazy good. Yeah. That's what you want from your $150 million movie. Uh, 250 350 possibly. Really? The cast budget on that movie alone is over $150 million. I guess that's sort of like... Plus that Thanos CG, which mm-hmm. was excellent. I mean, you got to you gotta pay up for that kind of stuff. Those are sort of like maybe built-in costs to the entire Disney. Like they're all basically <laughs> on their corporate pay structure. Maybe, maybe. But you've got that going for it. And then right before it, you had Deadpool, mm-hmm. which yanked in... A hundred and twenty, uh, yeah, one hundred twenty-five, I think, mm-hmm. which is exceptionally good. Mm-hmm. And those are there's a cross section of your audiences right there. Yeah, and then 
solo. Mm-hmm. On Memorial Day weekend, when people are going out of town, there's not a whole lot of people just flocking to the theater on an 80-degree day. Right. With the sun shining. You're outside, mm-hmm. at the pool, at a beach, right. going to grad parties. Who knows? So here I am saying, oh, it's just having a bad week, but over the summer, people will fly in and take over this movie. Right. But what's coming more and more, I mean, no one's going to want to stop in to see Solo <laughs> unless there's Jurassic World War, which is tracking for $150 million. But yeah. we've kind of learned tracking doesn't make any sense anymore. And I think we should, we should point throw out, it out that pre-sale tickets, those numbers shouldn't mean as much as people kind of make them out to be because when Solo's tickets went on sale, the big story 24 hours after that was Solo's outpacing Black Panther in the first 24 hours of pre-ticket sales. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, oh my, oh my gosh. Solo is going to be a huge hit. I think that's why a lot of those tracking numbers were pointing to upwards of $150, $170 million because Black Panther set the record before Avengers Infinity Wars broke that broke their record. And Black Panther opened to $200 million over three days. And crazy. Solo outsold that movie in its first 24 hours and it opened to less than half of it over the three days. So you're just left with a hole. You are. And, um, can I ask you another question? Yeah, go for it because uh, I'm I'm sort of just like it's it's, it's it's a right hypothetical, please. Because Deadpool two was originally supposed to come out this weekend, mm-hmm. this past weekend, and it would have been coming out in Solo's second weekend. Yeah, if it had still pulled in the hundred twenty five million dollars in its second weekend, Solo's drop, I believe, could would have been even worse. Worse, which is kind of insane to say. But do you think that would have given solo any significant boost in its opening would it have jumped from 80 and 100 to 95 and 120 or would it have just kind of been like oh well now it's to 90 and 110 yeah that's a good question did people because how much crossover audience is there between deadpool 2 second weekend mm-hmm. viewings and people who wanted to see solo for the first time yeah I don't know. I can't say for sure because people's movie going habits are seems like right now kind of impossible to comprehend unless you're a big budget Marvel movie yeah. where you can basically bank on a hundred million dollar openings mm-hmm. at this point. Um, and you know, following Rogue One, a disconnected Star Wars story, I thought you could bank on that too. It opened uh, over a hundred million dollars. One hundred and fifty, actually. Yeah, one hundred fifty. Yeah, three went on to. Do a billion dollars. Internationally, yeah. With so, characters we knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert for Rogue One, they yeah, all died. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, which, you know, people don't find out until they see the, until they buy a ticket. But right. So this sto- solo story, um, the solo story sort of, I don't maybe suffer from the fact that it was Han Solo story. Mm-hmm. It's something that people had already seen before. Oh, it's just about Han Solo. I don't... I don't know how much of the calendar it, you know, affected it mm-hmm. because there are certainly some other issues yeah. at play here. But the history of the weekend and what was around it, I don't think helped No, Solo yeah, I've, one bit. I, I don't know if the biggest reason is the placement. I don't it, think it's so def- either. It's definitely a big reason why because... You're, you just have more competition in the summer, which is why, like, when Deadpool 2 moved to summer, I was like, I don't, why are you doing that? Like, you guys kicked the box office in the butt over that Valentine's Day weekend with the mm-hmm. first movie because there's just it's just a wasteland. And Black Panther did the same thing this, year, this right. year. Why wouldn't you go at a similarly less competitive spot and just rake in more money? It just... Yeah, it's a bigger summer movie, and you want to kind of be in that audience, but at the same time, with that prestige date comes way more competition. And Star Wars, for the most part, even though other movies have tried to kind of get into that December area and be like, well, we may not be the big one like Jumanji was last year. Jumanji opened to like less than half of Solo's mm-hmm. <laughs> opening, but it ended up almost doing a billion dollars because of the legs of that movie were so right. strong. And like, there's been those movies that you know can play opposite of Star Wars and maybe outlast it leg-wise, but they're doing it to a small openings 
in December where you can you can get away with a small opening in December and not be terrorized because by you basically have the roadway for you have, seven you have, eight weeks. Yeah, you have all of December. January is just a wasteland, and then <laughs> by like mid by like mid February, you've got some competition coming in. Typically, yeah. With solo, you have a week, and then a second week to do really well, and then you have to have really strong legs or hope that all the other movies coming out disappoint. And unfortunately for Solo, Solo got mixed reactions. They were they were mainly positive, but they're not... It's also the lowest rated Star Wars movie since the prequels. Right. And so it's not getting those like raving reviews. Or even Rogue One, while some people didn't necessarily like the movie, you're like, but that was, that was different. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a Star Wars movie like that. And I think that is an appeal. Whereas Solo, it's like the style is somewhat similar to rogue one but then it's also a mixture of the original movies but then it's a han solo origin movie which i don't think a lot of people needed and you can go on about oh well do we is any movie really needed is any movie necessary and obviously this is no we don't need any movies no movie is necessary but if you're putting a movie in the heart of the summer you need a movie that people want to go see right away because you want that first strong weekend, but also those people to go back again and again and again and bring other people with them throughout the rest of the summer. And that's clearly not happening with Solo, which I think points to the crowdedness of its placement, possibly the reception or the interest that this idea had Mm -hmm. going in. But also we can't discount the fact that this is the first time ever we've had two Star Wars movies come out in less than six months. Right. So The Last Jedi did 1.3, 1.4, 1.5, 1.6 something billion dollars at the worldwide box office. Yep. And that was just a couple months ago. So all the possibly all the hardcore Star Wars fans, even if they hated the movie, they went and saw that. But if they hated the movie, they're not still they're not over it. <laughs> the movie just came out on home video like a month ago. And they're just now being like, "Oh, I I still don't like it." So why would they go see another Star Wars movie, possibly? Yeah. I, I mean, don't think that's a huge factor. No, but I don't I think, think so it is, either. I think it is a factor. Because The Last Jedi Blu-ray sold insanely well. Right. People were buying it left and right. There so, were people that were buying multiple copies even though they hated the movie. Yeah. <laughs> for some reason, someone's like, I only barely liked it when I bought my copy. Someone, the cashier was like, yeah, I didn't really like it that well. But then someone right across from was like, dude, you bought two copies of it yesterday, which I don't, doesn't make any sense. I don't know why you would need to. But I don't know either. Go figure. But um, that's what happens. Do you, so do you think Last Jedi, do you think, speaking of The Last Jedi mm-hmm. being in December, the five months, do you think Solo came out too soon? I think that, I didn't think that was going to be a factor, but after this response, I feel like it is a factor not the big one or if there's a big one i feel like this the weird thing is about solo is i feel like there are so many different factors small factors that all kind of came together at the perfect time or the perfect storm the, or the wrong time i guess for solo yeah. where it's it was too close to a movie that was too divisive it has too much competition and there was possibly a lack of interest in this movie just to begin with on the premise alone mm-hmm. and you know production issues for people who are to know about that kind of stuff Who's this kid trying to play Han Solo? It's not Harrison Ford. There's on and on and on. There's more factors to go, but I think it's just that maybe Star Wars isn't ready yet because I think we all we always talked about, or we talked, not always, but we used to talk about, you know, should Star Wars take a break? Should Star Wars, you know, uh, is it is it still special? I think that conversation going on a lot of, you know, is mm-hmm. it losing its specialness because it's not that three-year wait between movies anymore. It's just a year or two. And yeah. even if we're not getting the sequel to episode eight right away, we're getting another Star Wars movie in six months. And so our Star Wars appetite will be filled in the meantime. That could be a part of it, too, that Star Wars used to be these grand events because they were a, yeah. a short kind of thing that happened. You'd get a trilogy movies throughout six to nine years, and then you'd have to wait 15 more years to see what happens next. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, Oh, okay. Well, I saw eight. I know nine's coming out in two years from now, and I'm, I'm sure it's Disney. So I'm sure there's going to be a tenth movie, whether it's three years after that, or five, or six, or seven. I know it's coming. It's not where when it was George Lucas making his movies, where you're always wondering, well, is 
is six the last one? Well, is three the last one? I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. And then when they come back, you're all excited, and now we all, we know these movies are going to last forever. So is that losing some of the blockbuster event value that these movies need to have to kind of have these mega yeah. openings? Can Star Wars be a simple movie? And when you think about it, Rogue One wasn't a simple movie. That movie's scope was massive. Yeah. Featured one of the greatest battle sequences that you'll find in a film with that Scarif attack. Mm-hmm. So um, over the top and elegant. And it has a, I guess, a connection, a deep meaning to the rest of the movies. And I kind of wonder, does the marketing bring that out? Were, was Solo so different? Were the images of, oh, the Millennium, was the Millennium Falcon not enough to bring people in? Well, that's what it made me wonder this past week. Um, we're kind of getting a little off course, but I want to touch on this anyways, that we didn't actually get a sea Vader in the trailers for Rogue One. But all of the trailers hinted heavily that he was involved, right? Well, we got we got the, we got the helmet the or the silhouette mm-hmm. or the breathing, but we didn't, we didn't see his actual scene or his, one of his two scenes, right? So, or we did, yeah, because we saw his hand the when he's choking Krennic. Mm-hmm. We did see that one scene. So, like, I wonder if that Vader tease was the thing hmm. that boosted Rogue One and. When people left Rogue One, what are they talking about? Vader going berserk. Exactly. It's not. It's like, oh yeah, you know, I liked Jan. Cassio was Cassian was cool, and K two S O was awesome. But man, Vader, he was just wrecking rebels, and it was great. I want to see that for another thirty minutes. It, that's what drove most of the conversation around that movie, not what the actual movie was. And so I wonder if the Vader appearance alone is what gave Rogue One such a boost that if it didn't have that. Maybe it only would have done, you know, six to seven hundred million dollars worldwide. What but is, because we get Vader, it's that extra three hundred because yeah. fans are crazy. That's an interesting topic. What is compelling about Star Wars? And maybe a small movie like Solo with low stakes. Low stakes. You know these characters are making out alive, most of them. Where even fans, like um hardcore Twitter Star Wars users. Right. Like um eleven 38. You figured it out. <laughs> yes. Um, had, I think Believe even said um, skippable. Yeah. Which is wild to say. It is. But, but I, I'd be, I said the same thing in our review. Like you can I miss like, this and be okay. Right. Like if I'm doing a rewatch before episode nine. Yeah, you're not going to watch I don't solo. feel like I have to watch solo. No. To gain anything. Mm-hmm. Which is, is, is not a good thing. No. Not at all, but perhaps, I mean, but building out smaller Star Wars stories is good. Mm-hmm. Like we're way off dark, of course here, but building <laughs> Star, bring us back. smaller Star Wars stories is going to take less money and you probably can't bank on it being a $250 million opening weekend film. Right. Which, so bringing into what does it mean moving forward for the future of Star Wars? Right. I think that is one of the things that this means. Rogue One isn't an exception, I would say, because it's we have two <laughs> we have two uh, options so far. Yeah, we have 150 million dollars and we have 80. We have unknown characters and a known character, and so far the unknown character has boosted the the mega box office, while the known character with the known endings or at least the known trajectory of these characters has performed lower. Um, and I think it does go to show that like if whatever standalone movie comes next, because Obi-Wan is still in development. James Mangle just got hired to do, to do the Boba Fett movie. Mm-hmm. They've been talking about Jabba, Yoda. Uh, who else? Who who else? We have no idea. But we know they want to keep making these standalone movies, or at least they did before Solo. We'll see if that potentially changes. But I think it just goes to show that our expectations for Star Wars should, in some ways, mirror our expectations for Marvel movies or any other franchises where... Avengers Infinity War, 250, yeah, that's that's awesome. But when Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out in a month from now, mm-hmm. when that movie does probably around Solo's opening, maybe it gets $100 million because of the Infinity War hype and people just want to know what happens next. But because that movie doesn't do 150 or $200 million opening weekend does not mean that that movie is a failure. It is going, it's a, it's a smaller movie. 
smallest character is going after a different audience. Um, it's a different brand. And I mean, Dr. Strange opens to $85 million two years ago in November. And it's, it's a big success because it's Marvel's greatest launch for a solo franchise. It beat Iron Man. It beat Thor, it beat Captain America, it beat, uh, Ant-Man, it beat, uh, it, all of them right. beat them all, and it's it's looked at a great thing, but it's also November. It's mm-hmm. I don't know if that really changes things that much, but I th- I think that just goes to show that moving forward, at least for me, I know whatever anthology movie is next, whether it's Boba Fett or Obi Wan, I don't I'm not going to go in banking. This is 150 million dollars, a billion dollar movie, easy mm-hmm. because I think before Solo, you would even going into opening week in a Solo, you're all everybody's thinking. Star Wars is just a billion dollar franchise, no matter what it puts out. Yeah. And I think it's very clear, obviously it's, it's, it's it's not going to do that with this movie and moving forward. It's, that's just an unsustainable, uh, path for this franchise to go on, to bank on, to go, to be like, yeah, to be willing to spend, to go no matter what, no matter what characters in this movie, no matter what production issues, no matter if we have to reshoot 70% of this movie and double the budget, yeah. We know we're making a billion dollars, so mm-hmm. we can kind of afford it. Right. And, you know, I, and I think it's going to force... I th- This is probably going to... I don't think it will be a mega deal, but mm-hmm. we did see one Disney exec um, comment on the so disappointing slow box office and said something about it. It'll force us to take... We'll have to reevaluate mm-hmm. placement, like something like that, something right. the effects of placement... Mm-hmm scale story. I don't think he said story. Or I think it like was that. the, yeah, I believe it was the market or the head of marketing or something mm-hmm. for Lucasfilm Disney. And they were talking to THR, I yeah. believe. Um, but yeah, paraphrasing those quotes. I should have pulled them up here, but it was something along those lines. And I think that's going to be one aspect of it, but I think it's also going to force a recalibration on the, on the part of Kathleen Kennedy and everyone else at Lucasfilm to say, maybe we our expectations were too high mm-hmm. in the star Wars brand. It's strong. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but maybe when doing a smuggler story where there is no lightsabers, mm-hmm. the, the most iconic toy of all time that doesn't draw in as many people as, um, the millennium Falcon and Chewbacca. Right. So we'll see where that leads because now we have mangle going forward mm-hmm. with, Boba Fett. Boba Fett has the iconic helmet. Like, you know, everyone knows that. But now, are you thinking, Joel, just how cool is Boba Fett? Exactly. Is he a $70 million cool character? Yes, definitely. Is that going to make them change their approach? Probably. Possibly. Possibly. I, would say I so. mean, does that. Could Star Wars, instead of going the solo routes, go and be like, all right, well. Obi-Wan, we want to tell the story. We want Ewan to reprise the role. We want him to get this kind of, all right, here you go. The prequels are what they are. Most people don't love them, but there are others who obviously do. We want to kind of reward you for being the best part of those movies. Mm -hmm. And we have a story to tell, but we're worried that just you being Obi-Wan again is not enough. So... We're going to include Jacob Tremblay's Luke. We're going to include uh, Billy Bobby Brown's uh, Princess Leia. Ages are different, I guess. So but that doesn't work. But we're getting Joel Edgerton back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, and we're and we're getting Darth Maul. And we're going to sell this movie on spectacle, on nostalgia, on you know all this stuff. Yeah, and it's awesome, and that's why you should see it. And instead of Doing that, I think what a lot of people wanted was a Logan-inspired Obi-Wan movie of mm-hmm. Obi-Wan on Tatooine, kind of living out his days as a Jedi, as right. the last Jedi of that point. Running through that TMZ-like synopsis. Exactly. Versus <laughs> something else a little bit more friendly. Yeah. And I wonder if they change that, and then instead of a Boba Fett movie, they go, like, all right, well, we need Boba Fett. We need Jabba to be in there for sure. We need a Han Solo cameo. We need... Uh, we need all these other things just to kind of give us a little bit more of a boost, I guess. Yeah. And see, like the reason I would push back on that is because, or at least a little bit is because Rogue One still did mm-hmm. 
an impeccable job. Yeah. And it was really just a longer solo movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, tack on 30 minutes for that final battle. And you have something the same ingredients as Solo. The witty, sarcastic droid. Yep. The, um, and you know, just the, the ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. And that's it. But I can't, I mean, I, yeah, I just don't know what the anthology, the future of the anthology is. Mm-hmm. Cause we've talked about this before. Um, are they going to be done? It's like revisiting <laughs> now, I would almost say, "Gee, I really don't know." Yeah, I think because the conclusion we came to in that big question was, "Well, it depends on Solo. Mm-hmm. If Solo's a huge hit, then obviously not. But if Solo maybe falters a little bit, then I think it's very much up in the air. And I think it's very much up in the air, despite." The Boba Fett announcement coming out the night of Solo's opening. Yeah, or not even. The it's, it's, I guess technically it's not even official. I mean, Lucasfilm hasn't made it official. THR reported it. A lot of other outlets have as well. So it's. But Mangold gave a statement though, didn't he? I don't believe so. Okay. You can fact check that real quick. But I don't believe he said anything, and Lucasfilm definitely hasn't because it wasn't. It's not on their website or anything. Um, but I think what it does ultimately show, going back to the THR article you mentioned before about them kind of reevaluating their strategy. I think it should mean that star Wars needs to just stick to December. I think that's their best spot. I mean, yes, because force awakens and last Jedi and rogue one did so well. And then star Wars left it absent for a year. Other competition has started to come in there. And like Aquaman is coming out in December of this year. Um, Bumblebee mm-hmm. Disney's Mary Poppins returns. Um, there's there's a lot of other movies that are jockeying for that December release because they know that their movies can have crazy long legs by go by going out in that holiday season and then going through the wasteland of January and February. But just for whatever reason, I think Star Wars. I don't think Solo was would have fared. It would have been it would have been a hundred fifty million dollar movie if it came out this December. Yeah, but I think it would have been a hundred million dollar three day weekend if it came out December. I I totally agree. And there's because there's another facet of this I was thinking about too. The run up to the Star Wars episodes have had you've had nine months, Mm -hmm. and in that nine months, you get a trailer, a dedicated day for toys, Mm -hmm. and then a trailer released around November to remind you to see the movie with tickets going on sale. With tickets going on sale, normally in a huge sporting event. Mm Hmm. And then plus the they always do the behind the scenes video to be like yes. in between the trailers a featurette to show you how loving and caring mm-hmm. they've done to make the movies. And it's all it's well planned out. Push them to over a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. This time around, we didn't get that. Mm-hmm. I up and still actually to this day. Well, not to this day, but the month before Solo came out, not a, I don't think I saw a single Solo toy Yeah. Um, around. Um, they only just started showing up. Uh, probably maybe two, three weeks out. Mm-hmm. And that's a big draw. Like, what? I mean, George Lucas knew what he was doing when he was, you know, tampering with scripts to mm-hmm. adjust for toys. Like, right. well, I mean, just like the Ewoks is the only yeah. example that we can really point to. Um, but that, the toys of Star Wars and its marketing are as much a part of Star Wars as the film itself. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's what when we were talking about kind of the whole fiasco of where's the solo trailer that was happening at the start of this year. And I just kept voicing my concern, man, I just don't know how they're going to squeeze their marketing campaign into three or four months. And ultimately they didn't. They gave you the first trailer and they gave you the second trailer and then they gave you the TV spots. We didn't get the behind the scenes reel. We didn't get the big trailer day or we didn't get the big uh, toy day. We didn't really get the big tickets are now on sale announcement. It just kind of mm-hmm. happened with yeah. the final trailer. Uh, they, they just kind of rule everything out. Like, I don't know if they mismarketed the movie necessarily, but I think their strategy of just trying to, we have to keep the May release date. We can't move it. Even if you couldn't move it to December because it's already too packed, moving it to August or September, I think would have still helped this movie because you give people more time to, of a break between last Jedi. You give them more time to see these trailers. Mm-hmm. You have more time just to kind of let people know about this movie instead of we've got three months 
to let everybody know this movie's coming out and that that it's all fine. We've got a good feeling about this. Yeah. And clearly something missed the mark. I don't know. I can't, I still can't say for sure what it was. You're right. Um, Mangold did not give a statement. Yeah. Um, what I was referencing was, was a sarcastic tweet of someone <laughs> imitating something mangled. I, th- I had thought he'd actually said. Oh, the Kathleen the, Kennedy. Like, uh, I think it was Josh uh, Dickey who was talking oh, about, yeah, yeah. he's like, I'm honored. He's like, Boba Fett's really just a helmet. Mm-hmm. And then he had like, Oh, he's making fun of a statement that was put out. Okay. Not true. And then I think, no Dick, I think Dickey followed up with basically saying like, and then Kathleen Kennedy says, and I'm, I'm, I'm very honored to work with Mango for the three months until <laughs> I don't remember who he says until somebody else comes on to replace him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've, yeah. I only read that first one. I'm like, Oh, maybe he, I guess this really is a, a thing then, but okay. He was actually just being satirical yeah. the whole way through, not imitating. So I take back what I said earlier on that. So what, I mean, another thing I think is this, that Solo's box office means for stars moving forward personally this Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily uh this is an absolute this is what they have to do but i think for me and i mentioned i mentioned this before i think they just need to kind of move past these origin stories or even stories where we of characters we know where we know basically where they're going to end and where they're going to begin because just like obi-wan we know he's going to be on tatooine and we know by the end of the movie, he's still going to be alive. He's going to be on Tatooine. He's going to have his blue lightsaber. Yeah. He's going to be watching out after Luke. What kind of intrigue can you really add to that that really makes him that much more interesting? Which is why the Boba Fett movie, I'm just like, mm-hmm. I don't want it unless it's post Return of the Jedi. Yeah. If it's Boba Fett or somebody else putting on that uh, armor after it gets thrown out of the Sarlacc pit, great. Mm-hmm. That I'm totally on board for. But if it's uh, between four and five or between five and six, What's Boba Fett been doing? I don't care. Yeah, and that's a really good point too because Star Wars novels have done well mm-hmm. because they're being bought up by fans. I mean, it's right. low cost to pay a writer to write a Star Wars book about Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it fills in one little idea for you because Solo was basically, what if we turned Han Solo, the trilogy, the saga of Han Solo stories before mm-hmm. A New Hope into a film and that's what that was and it turned out most people don't really care yeah about what Han Solo was up to before I enjoyed the heck out of the movie I'm glad we have it as I said in my review and I think anyone who went to see the movie for the most part is too Mm -hmm. because it's fun it's different but it's basically a Star Wars novel yeah it's just this little behind the scenes look about how your favorite character got to being your favorite character. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. Like, and if, that's the thing about this, uh, or an Obi-Wan standoff too, or standalone mm-hmm. is, well, I mean, we know whatever happens isn't that big of a deal because he still has to hang around. And I really don't care how he gets the name Ben. <laughs> right. But I'm sure Bob Iger would love that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you'd have to explain it. <laughs> you'd have to explain it somehow. Uh, absolutely. So it's, Yeah. You know, it's almost it's almost like maybe Star Wars can only exist on a grand scale. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want, I don't but I don't want to say that because I don't only want to have episodes. Right. I don't want to see Finn, Ray, and Poe in episode ten, eleven, or twelve until I'm fifty years old. Right. Like, and I want the Ryan Johnson trilogy, if he wants to, to just be about Broom Kid and his parents. Mm-hmm. When like he like he gets adopted, he gets saved off of Canto uh, Bite, yeah, and then it's just like him chilling on some random planet maybe it's like a forest right kind of nature mm-hmm. thing and you just like let him do his thing and it's it's low it's low kind of stakes and it's just kind of a personal story but it's still kind of star warsy and that's it because i, I want to see the star wars diversify themselves i don't want to just see the star wars movie i know the tone i know the jokes mm-hmm. i know the look i know everything about this movie especially when it's an origin story i know everything about this character already right Whereas, you know, like going to back to the MCU comparison, the MCU has kind of done different genres of movies inside of superhero movies. Yes. I want to see Star Wars do the same thing, make a heist movie in the Star Wars universe, which they kind of did with Rogue One and Solo. Both have heist elements to them. I mean, even Last Jedi does to a certain degree. But I want to see like a true, 
I don't even know what, but like just do like a comedy or a, uh, any anything. Yes. Just like just yes. give us something mm-hmm. completely different, but right. it's still Star Wars because it's it's Star Wars. A, a thousand percent. And you know, I almost kind of wonder. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I, Solo's. The thing I want to say is I don't think Solo failed because of how the movie turned out. Mm-hmm. I think the premise ended up being not something people wanted to see. I still want to see two more films to complete right. Han Solo's arc. I want Boba Fett to make a cameo in there. I want there to be a relationship, a past where they meet up and, you know, add a little bit of context to their relationship. But I, I can't agree with you more. I mean, I'm not, I, I am very happy with how that film turned out. It's great. And I want to see them diversify. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to know that Ryan Johnson and he, Lucasfilm is already going to let him do this without right. with regards, because the man is just probably one of my favorite big, big you know, directors out there. Uh, at least personality and the way he writes. Uh, I want him to be un, not unattached, but I want him to work with total autonomy on everything. Yeah, because. When he dies, he gives us, you know, one of the truest, one of the most thought-provoking Star Wars mm-hmm. films. The most thought-provoking Star Wars film of all time. Yeah. And I want Benioff and Weiss to be able to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Or do their thing. Yeah. They don't do the same thing. Um, do the grand worlds and the exactly. complex character relationships and all that stuff that they do with Game of Thrones. Mm, but, uh, yeah. Oh, the, yeah. Not all of it, but most of it. Okay. Well, I'm not, I guess not every aspect USA, of it. USA Today will swoop in and say, <laughs> is Benny Up and Wife going to drop the first Star Wars sex yeah. scene? <laughs> yeah. Yes, they will. Um, going off that Ryan Johnson point, that's part of what I mean when I want different genre Star Wars movies going forward. Like, I want them to let their directors use their voice and use their style and not be like, sorry for Lauren, Chris Miller. You guys are too comedic. You guys are too improv. You don't work with star Wars or yeah. Like when people ask like Taika Waititi, Hey, would you want to do star Wars? He's like, nah, I'd be fired day one. It's like the fact that directors are out there that like just inherently know I'm not going to work with their style and Mm. they're not going to work with me to fix that. Yeah. That's not a good thing. And I want to see a, an Edgar Wright star Wars movie, or I want to see a, I don't even know uh, who else. I he's wanted, the one I want in my mind right yeah, now. I want to know that Edgar Wright could go work on a Star Wars movie and things be fine. Right. How about that? Exactly. And I, but I, and something that I really think about though too is this movie was a combination of man. It was a combination of four people's visions. Yeah. Lord Mill or five people's. The studios, Kennedy and Iger, mm-hmm. the Kasdans, yep. and Lord and Miller, and. And there was Ron a, Howard and Ron and, and yeah, well, no, not really. He didn't input. <laughs> he on has the at least seventy percent of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's technically his. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I just the. I guess we're getting into the implications of what Lord Miller right, right, was, yeah. They're firing. And I don't want to veer too far because it's a Ron Howard yeah, movie. We've covered that stuff enough. I just don't want. I want to know that this won't taint Lucasfilm because I don't think it should. Mm-hmm. Because it's still, I mean, I'm still over here thinking we don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I th- I think it's the calendar placement for yeah. the most part, as well as just the idea wasn't a billion dollar idea, mm-hmm. which is fine. And Star Wars should push forward with non billion billion dollar ideas. Yeah, because like John Kasdan said, I want to see more underground Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. I think that's more compelling than doing Episode Eleven. Or episode 10, Just 11 10. and 12. Yeah, it's so good. It's, it's like Windows 10. It skips over we Windows know, We know what it's going to be 9. already. <laughs> yes. Um, because those, sh- I mean, we're getting into, and now we're getting into how I feel Star Wars should be. <laughs> um, you should have a series of episodes when there's something new to say uh-huh. about the world. The first trilogy, you know, Vietnam. Second right. one. Iraq war, security states. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I think it was Chuck Wendig who said, you know, the resurrection of the first order fits well with the neo-Nazis, yeah. white supremacy. <laughs> so that's cool. I didn't think of that, but I don't know. I mean, I don't own star Wars. 
but I'll gladly go see <laughs> everything they make. Uh-huh. But so I really hope whatever the conclusions they draw from it, it's not just, you know, abandon ship, throw everything out the window. Right. Except for JJ Abrams' episode nine, codenamed Trixie, which is cool yeah. because the one and the X are the capitalized. Mm-hmm. Anyway, point being I think it's the calendar and I think it was the marketing. I think it's just a localized issue with the release. Okay. That's what I think happened. I don't know if it'll have any implications other than Alden made have a three picture deal with so or a three picture deal with solo go unfulfilled. Yeah. More likely than not. Uh, but man, I, fingers crossed Ryan Johnson still gets to do his thing. Yeah. The wise get to do their thing. And I, there's all indications that it won't bother them. At yeah. All. There's just internet chatter of, well, do you really hand Ryan Johnson a whole new set of movies when he just kind of, mm-hmm. del- he kind of pissed off like half the fandom. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but, but, yeah, but I just, I hate this giving vote. Yeah, man. The Twitter hordes are so weird because I don't know what's real and what's not. Yeah, exactly. And most people that love Star Wars love The Last Jedi, who tweet about it day in and day out. Yeah, there's some exceptions. But, but that's also, you know, a self-selecting group. Yeah. And then, so I don't know. People still go watch it and still laugh at it. I mean, my brother who said he, so I think it's the second worst movie, watched it with me the other day, laughed about it the whole way through, thought it was great, terrific, said that's cool, that's great. <laughs> okay. See, I don't know. But see, this divided fandom is going to lead me to say something that I've completely changed my tune on. Okay. Since we've been doing the podcast. Sure. Lucasfilm needs to take a break in 2020. No film? No film. Yeah. Boba agree. Fett doesn't look like it will be. I don't think it'll be ready in time. Obi-Wan don't definitely doesn't look like it's going to be ready in time. And Benioff and Wives are working on their movies until Game of Thrones is over. And Johnson is just cracking the story concept of his movie, mm-hmm. I would assume. They're not going to be ready for a movie to start shooting next year without it feeling, I think, to me, at least a little rushed. And I think after Last Jedi divided fandom after i think solo disappointed a little bit at the box office and we'll have to wait and see what nine does but i have a lot of faith in jj that he's going to bring it home in a really nice way but i think after that they'd be really smart to take a break let 2020 sit let star wars fans kind of sit and revel in the fact of this new trilogy what mm-hmm. they got and then realize well i kind of kind of sucks not having a movie <laughs> this year yeah and then come back in 2021 with Here's Ben F. and Wise's first movie. Yes. And then it's like, oh, cool. We get another Stars movie again. Mm-hmm. And then Reload. We, we kick we kick back in and we do Ben F. and Wise, Ryan Johnson, Ben F. and Wise, Ryan Johnson, Ben F. and Wise, Obi-Wan. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, I wish we had an explicit rating, but Star Wars is a gift, okay? Treasure it. Yeah. It is. It's a, it's, it's a fairy tale for um, a modern generation and they're – doing the best they can and I hope that they can figure <laughs> out what works so that they can fund making these movies. Um, I love Scott Derrickson's tweet the other day that said Bob Iger thinks we need to we make money so we can make movies so I kind of hope they keep doing, they find a way to eke out as much cash from Star Wars <laughs> so they can continue these stories. Um, I don't think I'll have any implications on Favreau's stuff or no. the Rebels series. That stuff's already way too deep. Yeah. Can't get can't go back on that kind of stuff now. So we got the Rogue One production designer, which I'm stoked about. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I don't. I think just for me, kind of summing up, what does Solo's box office mean for Star Wars? I think it means that we're going to get some changes. We're gonna get what a, those changes are. Yes. TBD. <laughs> we're gonna get a December release date for sure. Yeah. With yeah. with no Disney movie within you know ten feet of it. Right, like it'll be... Except for Mary Poppins. It'll be episode... You don't think they refuse to push back Solo to December because of Mary Poppins, do you? I think I think so. <laughs> that, that's wild. Because, well, apparently Mary Poppins is getting really... Is, is fantastic, and Disney's already lined up an Oscar campaign for it. I am so happy to hear that. So if that's the case, 
why would you yeah <laughs> why would you push that movie why would you put to a, put solo out there instead totally agree. Uh, All right. we'll have to wait and see obviously what That's the awesome. future holds good for emily but uh emily bluntly manuel miranda yes. it looks like they've got some goodness in store this december Tony if Awards? solo disappointed no, you or if you just right. want a musical to fill the void instead uh they get the grammys that, they get the grammys next year lion king gets the grammys in the following year yeah oh man Golden. lion king it's gonna be so good uh and i believe the future of Star Wars in good hands too. It look it's going to be bright. Kathleen mm-hmm. Kennedy, I have faith in her to right the ship uh, if it needs correction at this point, uh, <laughs> and definitely should not be fired or <laughs> take oh a step goodness. down as some Did people you see suggest. Those takes? I've seen I've seen all the takes. I, I think someone was arguing on Twitter with um, somebody, and I kind of just jumped in. I'm like, dude, do you know Kath- who Kathleen Kennedy is? After they were calling for. Yeah. Disney or they're saying Disney will fire her. I'm like, dude, she's the next CEO of Disney. If anything, she's not getting fired. I don't think that's how it's going to go down, Cooper. But no, I, don't, I'm just, I don't think so either. The, the talent, the talent, and the the skills in the industry are there. But we'll see. Point. What I'm saying is, she's been producing movies longer than any of us right. have been alive. Mo- well, most of us have been. Most alive. Most of us have been the alive. Pe- the, thus, those on the podcast, you and me, yes, yes. <laughs> she's. She's. She, she, let me just point this out. She was executive producing the Indiana, the original Indiana Jones films. Mm-hmm. Let that sink in. Let it sink in. All right, now shut up. Now, did she also executive produce Crystal Skull? Yes. Well, then there we go. It's, <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I, gotta, I like it. Got a title back together. If you don't understand that reference, Jump you didn't to, listen to the main show, yes. and you'll find out in about less than five minutes. So that's all we have for this week's big question, uh, talking about solos of box office and the future of Star Wars. We'll be back next week with a review of Ocean's 8, as well as another big question. Uh, the topic of that is TBD. So if you guys have any suggestions, let us know. If you enjoyed this episode, though, please subscribe to reach we and more. Plus, head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review with comments telling us why you enjoy listening to the show. And then be sure to tell us your thoughts on everything we covered by tweeting us at Friends of the Film. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at MovieCooper and Coops underscore Hoops. And you can argue about Kathleen Kennedy with me at just Joshua Ryan. Thanks again for tuning in to the Friends of the Film podcast. Josh. I'm in with you. And be sure to turn next week for our future episodes.